The Weekly is supported by the Oregon State University eCampus. Do you want to take the fast track to your career in computing? You can earn your computer science degree 100% online from Oregon State and tap into unlimited career possibilities in any field. Learn more at ecampus.oregonstate.edu slash now. Oh, by the way, a super quick note. Um, there were some technical difficulties in this particular show because, well, first of all, it's Hangouts on Air. That's one thing. Uh, but also, I was taking care of the live version of the podcast all by myself this time around as Jules was uh, otherwise uh, preoccupied with some stuff. Uh, so, yeah, this was my first time actually trying to do everything on the podcast just sort of on my lonesome. And thank God I had Thunder E on here. Uh, the two of us have a really great discussion, but you're going to hear some changes in the audio in, a, in maybe one or two different spots on this podcast. Uh, uh, one of which was the fact that my voice actually got a lot deeper because something happened with my recorder. Uh, and then also just uh, some recording snafus occurred where we have to use audio from a couple of different sources. So bear with us on that. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a work in progress, at least on my end. But uh, thankfully, Jules is on the case. everybody and welcome to the weekly brought to you by PocketNow and XDA developers on this day the 8th of March 2019. Uh, now I have been talking over the last couple of episodes two or three episodes about changing the format up of the podcast a little bit. We are trying to go to a more structured format where we talk about one main topic and maybe one to three depending on how much talk how many talking points we actually get out of the first topic. Uh, but today we're doing that for sure. So the show today is actually going to be a little bit shorter than you might be used to. It's going to be just under an hour, maybe around 45 minutes. But the other reason why that is the case is because, well, as you can see, it is just me in the booth right now. Jules is not here. Jaime is not here. Brandon's not here. So I called upon a good friend of ours, uh, Thunder E at Board at Work over there. Thank you so much for coming on. And thank you for uh, kind of being the only one that was available for today. <laughs> uh, no problem. Uh, you caught me in between running a video and doing some tests. So I might just scoot off for about 10 seconds because I'm doing a Okay, I might as well tease the video now. It's a yeah. wireless uh, power. Well, sorry, uh, wireless charging 2.0 versus fast uh, charging with Galaxy devices. Mm. So yeah. I've been meaning to take a look at like the wireless charging on stuff because I actually have that 20 watt Xiaomi charger. And I've been wanting to test that thing out too. Mm -hmm. um, wireless charging is still. I, I just came across. I'm sorry. We're, we're gonna we're gonna take this very casually today. Ever since since it's just me and Anabong here today, or me and Thunder E here. So, um, did you see on Instagram and Facebook recently? There's this huge pad that you stick to the bottom of a table, and it's large. Like it's a it's it, it looks big. It looks like a uh, almost like half of a uh, curling. The thing they use in curling. <laughs> yeah, curling. Okay. Yeah. So you, what you do is you paste it on the bottom of pretty much any surface, and because it's so large and it and it emits the Qi wireless charging, probably more than you would want. It can make any table, any surface a wireless charging mat. Mm, how much? I'm, Link. I don't know. Actually, Where? I did. I did not swipe up on that IG story. Oh come on! <laughs> I hardly ever do, and they're getting bad, by the way. Anybody out there, you can let me know in the in the live chat. I am looking at the live chat, but also in the comments down below. How ridiculous is it getting that IG stories are starting to get like clickbaity, where they go all the way up to them actually using the product, so you know what it's about, and then it cuts away. Because <laughs> you only got fifteen seconds. I, I haven't really seen that much. IG stories for me, it's uh, I've bought like some uh, comic book t-shirts from there. Mm. 
Um, I, uh, I've, I saw these sneaker laces that you told me, but I, I saw oh, yeah. your shoes. I saw it mm-hmm. there as well. And I just fitted my first pair of sneakers with them. So I'm going to try them out today. Uh, nice. But yeah, I mean, they're cool. But anyway, let's let's get back to topic before people crucify us. I can feel it. <laughs> I know. Uh, and before I forget, of course, I am your host. I'm Joshua Vergar. What's going on, everybody? Uh, all right. So today we're going to talk a little bit like, okay, part of the reason why I wanted to make sure the conversation started off kind of casual and a little bit light is because we are going to somewhat, somewhat address one of the big stories that happened this past week, um, I was talking to I was talking to my girlfriend Isa. She's obviously over in the Philippines, and when um, one of the random times that we were just sort of chilling out, just talking on video chats, she said, "Oh, there's a Huawei press conference," and I was like, "I don't remember there being any announcements that were meant to be this week. I don't remember any products or anything like that going on. We just we obviously were just at Mobile World Congress looking at the Mate X, uh, looking at the MateBook X Pro, the 2019 edition. So there are some exciting stuff coming out of their catalog. But as it turns out, on that particular day, we were talking that Huawei was basically announcing that they were going to be suing the U.S. government. Now, I always keep from talking about like deep polit- uh, political things. Um, I don't feel equipped to really give much perspective on this. I do have an opinion on it that I'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, um, E, I was thinking maybe you had some insight on it that you wanted to sort of share before we get into our main topic for today. Um, oh, so my my podcast that I used to have, you know, while for a while called the Weekly, we always talked about you know a lot of tech news and tech topic topics like this, which is something I want to go back to uh, at some point. Uh, when it comes to this, though, it's a very interesting case. You know, on the one hand, you do have a lot of people will say that, look, a lot of Chinese companies tend to, you know, steal U.S. Pro- products, patents, things like that. And while we might be one of those companies, you know, again, nothing is proven. The U.S. government has come out and said, while we uh, should not be, I'm summarizing here, basically like, you know, while we devices should be so used by uh, government personnel, because of spyware, they can hack into your systems. You should not use Huawei um, uh, telecom devices for either 4G or 5G because they also make antenna and things like that. Mm-hmm. The flip side is, is that the U.S. government has not shown us any proof. There's just no one has shown any proof that this is truly accurately the case. Um, and I'll get to my own personal thoughts in a second. And then you also have the fact that, um, you know, they've not shown us that as proof. And then when it comes to the whole idea of 5G and dominance, uh, the two biggest 5G players in the world are Qualcomm, a U.S. company, and then there's also Huawei, right? So even though Qualcomm has done a lot to set 5G standards, the, the argument can be made that Qualcomm wants to basically make sure that they have the largest control over 5G and taking the current administration stance on trade war with China. So you add all those things together, it may look one-sided. From a from an optic side of view outside the US, it looks like, okay, uh, this is what the administration is trying to do. Uh, from a business perspective, from a US business, it's like, look, Chinese companies tend to steal our stuff. So this makes a lot of sense. Now, um, from a personal perspective, uh, Huawei devices have been great. Um, and they, they, they've improved over the years. They've had some really good partnerships. We've seen the, the P20, the Mate 20. And now we're going to be talking about the Mate 30, you know, in, in a few. Uh, the other, yeah, P, sorry, the, the Mate P30 and the Mate 30 later on this year. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
the, the question here is that like in terms of saying spying on your on you on your content, let's just be very factual. If you want to be factual about that, we know that Facebook, Google spy on us on a regular basis. We do know that for a fact that if you, and this is something that Fox News actually did a test on, if you take two phones, no SIMs, one phone, they actually turned the, put it on airplane mode, and the second phone, they just left it as is, but there was no SIM, the GPS uh, uh, locator was able to track point to point your location as they drove around town. That's mm. just how how much data you is taking off your phones. We've heard anecdotal evidence of people talking about the fact that they talk about a certain product and next minute they see it on their Facebook or Instagram feeds. So these are also American companies, by the way. Let's just put it that way, right? Yeah. So when it comes to our mobile phones, it's, it's to a certain degree, like our privacy is just not there. I'm not sure if they, it's everything they take or it's just some certain things. I just look at it as like, I, I, were, I would like to see what that evidence is so that I can make my mind. Now, in terms of Huawei suing, this is the route that Huawei has to, has to make. Their, their CFO, I believe, or CTO, CFO. CFO. Was locked, CFO. Yeah, the, C, the CFO was the one that was um, detained in Canada. or arrested in Canada, yes. In, detained in, in Canada. Uh, there's a whole, the whole legal dispute going on there. There's a lot of murky water going around. It, it feels the same way. It feels like a grander scale of that whole Qualcomm Apple battle. You know, that's that's two companies, a lot of things. And Apple will tell you one thing of saying, hey, Qualcomm says you should pay more. And then Qualcomm is like, no, you're using our patents. Just pay. You agreed to the fees anyway. Right. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Uh, in this case here, you have the case where, you know, U.S. companies are saying, hey, they're stealing our patents. And why was like, why are we being punished? It's not us. Uh, and we make good stuff. And you're afraid that we are number two in the market. Mm. Well, I mean, just. It's 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 odd because obviously um, I I deal mostly in like the consumer tech space, so it's about the user experience of somebody that would might that might want to buy these products from a particular company. I've I've not quite been the kind of person where if I hear like sort of bad news about one side of any particular company or any particular entity that I just kind of boycott them altogether, and that certainly has not been the case for Huawei because. Uh, we were discussing this right before I hit live on the show that um, the consumer products they've been they have been the darlings of the last year or two. Like just on a hardware software uh, perspective for the end user experience, they have been one of the best experiences you could have in smartphones today, and also even in laptops. I'm using a MacBook X Pro right now, so my my whole thought here is that perhaps there we don't even know yet because the us has uh, the people in the us have not even given the data or given the proof that actual spying is happening but even then the spying uh would be happening at a very high level because yes there might be a few of those fears that huawei has some power in the infrastructure in the general communication infrastructure that's something that should be looked into sure but it's one of those things where i know at&t logs my calls i know facebook logs a lot of my data i know that amazon knows everything that i purchase and is trying to create a profile on me all of the products that we would use no matter if it's from samsung huawei amazon whatever the case may be they all monitor us on some sort of level that is kind of deemed normal now like no one really speaks up about it unless the data is used for something truly nefarious and we can prove that neither have been proven yet neither have been proven that while we are actually data mining and it has also not been proven even if that has been happening what they're using the data for so like on the consumer level i personally still think that the products are great 
And that's what we're going to focus on as tech reviewers and tech YouTubers and tech journalists and whatnot. Um, we will dive. I, I did want to make sure that we dove into this just a little bit, just to make it clear to everyone, we're not overlooking this, this issue. We're not ignoring it. Uh, it is in our minds. But remember that we deal with products. And as of right now, Huawei is making some pretty incredible products. <laughs> so that's kind of that's kind of my thought there. I mean, are you still using your Mate 20 Pro in that? Uh, um, no, it's not a daily driver anymore. Um, hmm. Just because I'm on the Galaxy bend right now. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, it was my, it was always my second device for a while. I, uh, my my P20 was P20 Pro was my second device after my Galaxy S9. I'm more of a Galaxy user. Samsung Pay has me hooked and a bunch of other features. But the my second device was always the P20. Last year was the P20 and the Mate 20 um, in that in that order. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking in the chats right now. Um, uh, Steve DeRoche, DeRoches. Um, we would have known a long time ago if Huawei was spying on us. I kind of feel the same way. I mean, our intelligence agencies in the US are supposed to be the top in the world. So if there was truly something really bad happening, then they probably would have said something. Um, Matt have Verma. Uh, yes, they know everything, but people don't care unless the data is actually stolen. That's kind of my point that you know, if, if if data is stolen, used for truly nefarious purposes that actually cause harm to people, isn't that the whole Google thing? It's like Google obviously like tracks us everything that we do, but the whole thing was don't do harm. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the thing about it is that uh, there's, there's you're right, don't do harm. And just to quickly summarize it, and I'll just give you some perspective. Hmm. Google shut down Google Plus last year, not because it was dying or dead, because there was a data breach and they didn't tell us until they were shutting it down. Just yeah. remember that Equifax basically lost all our information in terms of credit scores, right? Which is more important than all your social media crap. Yeah, that's true. And what happened? Nothing happened to them. So mm -hmm. you put it in perspective. Those again are U.S. companies. I'm not saying that uh, a company like Huawei can't do damage with the kind of information or to be fair, like you said, the high level spying you're looking at is people who are in higher levels of government who you, you would want to spy on or executives or, you know, things like that. That's, that's, that's the kind of level that you want to, to get into, not the everyday person. But when it comes to the everyday individuals, Companies like Equifax, companies like Google, companies like Facebook, companies like Amazon. Uh, I mean, literally, it's funny because it looks like a Apple and Microsoft are just not in that mix because they don't they don't collect data for those purposes. Especially Microsoft has even kind of gone away from that completely, you know, yeah. in that sense. So, just just to put it in perspective, that's where it you know you got to look at the uh, T's and I's. But I think also this is a big fight for Huawei for Europe. Because yes, they've lost the US, they know that. Australia has kind of kicked them out as well. Europe is the big bastion in okay, if we can still keep that, we're fine because the next big bastion for growth is Africa. And they've already, China has been pushing in there uh, for a long time now. And while we'll probably find it an easier path to go and say, look, you know, uh, countries, countries in Africa, which are, you know, they're developing countries, you know, for you to leapfrog, that's where 5G goes faster than anywhere else. Hmm. In the U.S., you have to add on to correct infrastructure. And Europe is the same thing. If you go to Africa, you can say, hey, look, you know what? Look. You guys don't even have the infrastructure. You have a very small infrastructure. We can help build out 5G for you. Bam. 
boom, before you know it, you've got places that are, you know, remote having 5G and you're going, I don't have 5G here in, in Detroit or in Brooklyn. Like yeah. what's going on? <laughs> you know, that is, that is the number one pitfall with 5G right now. All the conversations that we have about it, most people who might be looking at it or most people who are not even aware of all of the talk around 5G are not going to be the ones who experience 5G until much, much later. <laughs> like it's, it's, that's pretty much the long and short of the, uh, the 5G conundrum. Uh, one one final question on this. It just kind of came to mind. Um, do you think that this serves as a good example as to why Chinese companies have such a hard time getting into the U.S.? Because we have a lot of people in our comment sections, and I do want to make sure that we address uh, uh, anything that our commenters and our audience members might be saying in our videos. Because I've been getting, um, I, I I've been getting into uh, Huawei and Xiaomi stuff recently, and. There are people out there who say, like, why are you covering this? Like, in the ter in, in the sense of Huawei, they are literally banned from the U.S. And in terms of Xiaomi, they don't bring any of their products to the U.S. Do you think that this is kind of an example as to why that phenomenon happens? I mean, I, I wouldn't say so. I mean, like, most of my users haven't actually asked me, why am I covering this? Uh, mm. Let's be honest. Let's just look. Let's look at it practically. Yes, they are banned in the U.S. You can still buy them. It's really not that hard to buy a Huawei phone. Go yeah. to Amazon. That's it. So I, I think the thing is because the U.S. consumer is also used to a certain buying style. They've been trained that you must go through carriers. You must go through T-Mobile, AT&T, and then Apple has kind of broken it away a little bit where you say, I can go directly to Apple and buy. And mm -hmm. Samsung is trying to do the same thing, especially with the massive pre-orders they had. Uh, for, oh, for the, my alarm is going up. I'll hopefully get here. But um so American users are, are used to buying a certain way as opposed to just saying, hey, I just want to go buy my phone directly from Amazon. If Huawei can do a deal with Amazon to have that, have a financing option through Amazon, I guarantee you, you see an uptake in sales from there and people will be able to buy because they'll be seeing all our videos. Mm -hmm. They'll go, yeah, once Amazon does a, you know, a financing plan where you can pay $30 a month for a phone on Amazon or like all the phones that Amazon sells. Amazon can put it that way. As long as Huawei gets into that mix, uptake in sales. Yeah, fair enough. I'll um, be right back. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> uh, all right. So while, we'll, uh, while he's doing that, um, we actually already put in about 15 to 20 minutes on the, uh, on the podcast. So why don't we do this? I'm going to go ahead and go into just a short break. We're going to check in with Enabong when we get back. Uh, and why don't we go ahead and pay a couple bills? The Pocket Now Weekly is supported by the Brave browser. It's ad-free and fast, plus it blocks all trackers and allows you to use the internet without being watched or followed. It uses less data, but also gives you ways to give back to your favorite publishers like PocketNow or XDA developers by earning BAT tokens, BAT tokens. Available for most platforms, including Android, iOS, and Windows, head on over to pocketnow.com brave for more info. So um, I want to do a little bit of a check-in. I mean, especially since it's just you and you and me here, and we're we're just kind of kicking it for today. Uh, since I've, I'm taking on the podcast for uh, for today, uh, the live aspect that is. How has your S10 been? Um, like I, I, everyone's putting out their reviews. I actually just put out a video today using this as my main camera for an entire day, and the entire video was filmed on the S10 Plus. So if you're interested in that, yeah, if you're interested in that, go check it out. Um, but yeah, how's it been for you? S10 is fantastic. <laughs> I, I've seen a couple of people who have had issues. At least I'll say half of the people have issues with fingerprint sensor uh, for the S10 Plus. Um, I know uh, Detroit Borg posted that he said he didn't like the fingerprint sensor. I've had no issues with mine. I had like an initial issue where 
not an issue. A lot of people say you have to, you know, you don't have, you have to tap, you have to press longer. The trick, here's a trick I'll tell you people to try. Go ahead and remap, not remap, assign the same finger twice. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Assign the same finger twice and it should, it should actually do a better job. Try it now. So I don't have my S10 with me. I usually do a camera review with my buddy who is a professional photographer. So I gave him the camera, the phone for a week. And uh, we should have that video either by Monday or Tuesday where he gets to play around with it and use it as a professional photographer and not just, you know, people like me and you. Um, <laughs> uh, but I've been using the S10e and the E is great. It's small, it's compact. I would show you, but the E is over there. Oh, it's doing its thing. It's, 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 it's doing its video testing. It's testing out. Um, but it, it's small, it's compact. And I, one of the biggest things with the S10 is the punch hole. And the punch hole uh, wallpapers that are coming. Oh my god! I was just about to say. So, what is yours right now? Because I actually had to make my own. Um, I don't know how to make one yet, but I I I would like to do a Cyclops uh, punch hole wallpaper. Like his his eyes are the punch hole. Yeah, the visor. You know, the visor. Yeah. Yeah, the visor for Cyclops. I would like to do that as a wallpaper. The problem is, a lot of people's wallpapers are not up to my standard in terms of resolution. I. Uh, oh, I can't see. Oh, <laughs> that's Mega Man X hanging from the punch hole. Ah, so <laughs> dope! Ah. <laughs> I had to make that myself. I am not making it available yet. Uh, I need to do my full review on this first, where I'm going to actually like kind of reveal it in that video. But yeah, I, I looked at a bunch of the other ones. At first, I was using the um, the Darth Vader one. I think Jaime is using that right now. That one's a good one. But I use that as sort of a template and then I tried to like, because the thing is, like, if you if you were not to put this white line around the punch hole, it would not make sense. It just looks like he's floating in, in dead space. So I had to add that little like white line there. Um, but yeah, that's I don't know how how do you license something like this? Like, I feel like all of the wallpaper people who like created them, there's no way like everyone's just going to steal it and copy it and use it everywhere else. I mean, I'm, I like to throw up anime and, and comic book wallpapers. So for me, they have to fit the car. It can't be just anything. Like I said, I like to do Cyclops. I would like to do either Cyclops. I've seen somebody do Cyclops blasting to the punch hole. Yes. The problem, the problem with that, though, is that to make it correct, you've got to do the blast effect around the punch hole. Mm. So the, the person has had it where he shoots diagonally across the punch hole, whether it's the you know the double or the single. But what you should have is around the punch hole is the blast effect. So it's basically the punch hole is diverting the blast around it. Oh, Cyclops is trying to destroy it, right? You know. Oh man, this is the this is the this is the the the, the greatest yet nerdiest conversation we've ever had on the show. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Like I can't believe. A credit to the, the the fan base, the users of the S10 Plus who are adopting it early, that they made something that I was scoffing at. I was scoffing at this hole punch for the longest time. And and all of a sudden, all of you out there made it fun. That's so cool that that actually happened. Mm -hmm. um, man. So yeah, I'll, I'll make this probably... My review of this is probably going to come out, I think, either on Monday or Tuesday. So it's on that day that I'll make the wallpaper available. One of our uh, one of our commenters right now says, can you even license a wallpaper of a copyrighted character? You're absolutely right. What I'm saying is like, you want credit, right? Like, I made this. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, in any case, uh, I think that that should do it for the S10 stuff. I just wanted to do a quick check in there because everyone's content is coming out right now. I'm sure Jaime has his S10 Plus review uh, ready to go pretty soon. Um, 
My my review is I I don't do a review anymore. I do thirty days. So uh, two weeks from now, since I've already used it for two weeks, uh, will be my because then I get my full camera stuff from my photographer and um, and also updates and all that kind of stuff as well. Ah, makes sense. Um, all right, cool. Uh, but you're also using the S10e, and Lord knows, I think that's I think that might be the most sought after one for most Ooh, of us. No, seriously, the S10e as a device is is this year's winner. This is, I mean, I I, I will. It's okay. So I I like the device, but for me, it's a little too small. I've got massive hands, so using it, then I realize when I when I start typing, I realize how small the phone is for me. Mm. Uh, but when, but just using it one handed and going through apps and stuff like that, like that, it's, it's, it's a phone that will fit for most people. The 10 plus is really, you know, my own speed in, in terms of place. Plus the pricing deal that they had with the pre-order. Whew. Yeah. Uh, to, to bring back, uh, to bring back an old point I would make about handling on a phone. I, I bet the S10 is going to be sublime. It's an old term I used to use all the time. Um, all right, cool. But the thing is, you're already giving the S10e a crown. I mean, we still have phones that are coming out a little bit later this year. And one of the ones that is slated for the end of this month, we're going to talk about the Huawei P30 and the P30 Pro. So our main topic for today. Um, okay. Oh, still got another. <laughs> all right. I'll just, I'll just uh, recap some of the stuff that happened. So while we were all at MWC, we actually started to see some leaks come out. And one of them in particular came from Digital Trends. Uh, now, nobody knew if this was absolutely the final design, if this was real. It was clearly a prototype device um, because you could see on the back of the phone. And I, I do encourage everyone to take a look at uh, all of the stories regarding the P30 and the P30 Pro over at pocketnow.com. You could see over on the rear that there was this little, like, uh, the, the word there it didn't say huawei it hardly even said leica i mean we are expecting that the leica branding will be there because they're going to work with uh huawei on the cameras once again uh but what we had there was vogue <laughs> uh the device's code name so that that was going to be the case there but uh what you could see over on the back there is also that all of the cameras are still in a line so it seems like the p30 is going to have a design style that's very similar to the p20 and the p20 pro uh, both of which were very much well regarded. We all really enjoyed the P20 when they came out. Um, so the whole idea here, first of all, um, specifications are yet to be revealed, but uh, we're expecting it to have the Kirin 980 um, or anything, uh, even maybe an update uh, from it potentially, but the Kirin 980 was what was in the Mate 20 Pro. Um, so there is, there have been confirmations from people in Huawei that the camera is supposed to have a four camera setup on the rear. But this first, this first leak from Digital Trends showed that it was still looking like a three camera setup. Um, now that we have a bunch of these phones coming out that have three on the back, two on the front, five cameras, uh, we have the, uh, oh, did you, you, you picked up the Nokia 9 Pure View, right? E? Yep. So we got that five cameras on the back. Um, how? Obviously, we have, oh, yeah, mine's back at home, though. Um, with the P30, P30 Pro, thinking back on the experience you had with the P20 and the fact that it brought in a three-camera setup, um, it had, was it the P20 Pro that decided to do away with the monochrome sensor by then? Like, they, it brought in, it was the Mate. So it still had the monochrome sensor, which, I mean, Huawei did a really good job using. It ended up creating fantastic stills photography you get a lot of the thing about monochrome sensors people don't understand is that you get more information from a monochrome sensor than a color sensor because the color sensor is looking for just the three specific colors and combinations of while the monochrome sensor basically it's it's akin to recording uh on grayscale 
almost, you know, you're getting just raw information and you can edit from there. So it applies a lot more to, to what you're doing. Um, but I think this device is going to have four sensors. I think what they showed them was the P30 with three. Ah, okay. So that's the other thing too. Like, um, even Samsung did that with their with their S10 line. There's more than two variants, which I think is hilarious. Like, you get the S10 Plus, the S10, the S10e. In this case, it's going to be P30, P30 Pro, and then we also got another rumor over the last couple of weeks that there's going to be um, a P30 Lite. <laughs> so it's like so many different variants of these phones. That's that's akin to what they did last year. They had the P20 Lite as well. Mm-hmm. The, the Lite versions of their phones are really not in there. I'll put it this way. If it's similar to what they did last year, I would just skip it. It's not The only person who's done Lite properly is Samsung so far right now with the E. Mm-hmm. The E doesn't feel like a Lite, even though it is a Lite, if you want to call it that, right? Um, the P20 Lite last year was something that I looked at, and I was like, mm, nah, it's okay. Um but I think I think the fourth camera is the TOF sensor, and yeah. I've seen some rumors where this is that's a five megapixel uh, time of flight sensor um, in there. So that also should help a little bit. I don't know how it's going to help with that periscopic zoom. Okay, so there you go. So the, here, here, here come the other two rumors, and then we'll kind of expound upon this uh, <laughs> whether or not we're really into this because. Um, as, as 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 excited as we might be for any upcoming Huawei device, because they do they do put a lot into their phones, especially in the hardware sense. If you look at these renders, and unfortunately I don't have OBS set up to actually show you the renders, uh, so that's why I said uh, please head on over to pocketnow.com to take a look at these renders. Um, there was a render that showed that it's a three camera setup, but then right under the flash over on the side, there's like a tiny little sensor, and I believe that's what you mean by the TOF camera. That's probably what it is, and. Like, are we are we just trying to mash in as many between Nokia and now P30 Pro? What are are we just trying to mash as many cameras into a phone as as humanly possible? <laughs> I, I think this is the right approach. Uh, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of Pixel's approach with software. Don't get me wrong; it does a really good job, but it only mm-hmm. does the certain certain things well. Uh, bokeh mode on there looks good, but it's not natural. If you use a DSLR, there's such a natural smoothness to it, which is why I like the demo of the Nokia. Except Nokia now has to fix their software with updates because it's the depth is just not where it should be. Um, but when you think about it, to actually get all the information you want on a smartphone camera. You know, ultra wide is ultra wide is not what you you don't need ultra wide, but ultra wide is now uh, an additional luxury that makes a lot of sense. Mm. Smartphone, because if you think about a standard DSL, you know what's a good you you know this better than I do. But what's a good standard lens that somebody if I if I get myself uh, a Sony A sixty four hundred. I just want one lens that covers a wide gamut. You can always get that one lens that covers a wide gamut of, look, I use the um, uh, the Tamron um, uh, 28, 28 to 75, you know, oh, 20 to 75. Um, 28 to 75. That covers a whole range. I can get my bokeh. I can get some really sharp shots. You know, I can move in a little close, not too close, but that covers a range, which one single lens can't do, which is why a lot of companies use software. Yeah. So there's a reason why you have this, these camera setups. Now, not all are needed, but the time of flight sensor is, is, is great for depth advantage as well. Mm-hmm. It really does a good job in measuring the depth, So, which is why Samsung has a time of flight on the 5G version of the Galaxy, um, uh, Galaxy S10 Plus, um, and that does bokeh recording mm-hmm. video. 
you know? So uh, we'll have to see. And I think that's what Huawei is looking at. I think that time of flight might aid into that periscopic zoom because um, they teased that with their teaser clip. Mm-hmm. You know, the teaser, the send out. Every shot was like Eiffel Tower zooming. Um, I've got that big um, center monument in Paris. It was a zooming. Everything was a uh, zoom uh, shot. Yeah, yeah, the arc. The arc, yeah. So, so with that in mind, uh, you know, that, I think that goes a long way. And we'll see how also that affects in video as well. Hopefully, Huawei's videos improved this year because last year well- it was all right right like i i liked it but it but you know now that i've now that we've obviously you know with 2020 being hindsight at the time it seemed pretty great stabilization was good and um the rendering was was decent uh it may not have been the most detailed video but it was vivid and it was nice and colorful uh that being said after having used this for my uh for my photo day video i mean we're hopefully it's going to be able to match it uh, or even surpass it um, so that's the TOF and you're right. Hopefully the TOF is going to help, uh, with at the very least, maybe like bokeh video, which is kind of, kind of becoming a trend. Um, because Huawei did sort of bring it out first with the, uh, Mate 20 pro and then with, uh, the more recent LG V, uh, LG V50 ThinQ and the G8 ThinQ, they also have video bokeh as well. So maybe the TOF will help with that. Um, how does this hardware look to you then? Cause there, there are just so many holes on the back. Like it's becoming less of a really good looking phone and more of a utilitarian <laughs> tool. Um, that's how I feel at least, because when you put that tiny little TUF camera in there, it's like you just had to find a way to put it in there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all right. Uh, it still looks like the P30 to me. I wish it was a little bit flush um, in terms of design. I don't think it changed as much. My thing is the front of the, the smartphone, you know, um, is it going to be a dimple notch? Are they going, are they going punch hole? Cause they can do punch hole cause they own honor and honor has a punch hole in there. Um, mm-hmm. what are they doing with that? You know, it's going to be interesting this year because, you know, the big guys are going a certain way. And I think if I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to look for the front image of this device with the P30 and it looks like it's a dimple on there. So yeah. it looks, yeah. So think about it this way. The big guys, Samsung has a poncho and um, Huawei has a dimple, right? Still some kind of secular on-screen notch. Then, you know, Oppo and OnePlus, aka the cheaper brands, if you will, in terms of pricing, are mm-hmm. going uh, pop-up cameras. Uh, that's where the OnePlus uh, 7, Seven is probably, yeah. probably going to be at. So how does this play into effect with guys like, you know, Huawei with the P30? Uh, and also, again, is that front-facing camera improved? That's one of the things that sounds oh, yeah. You know, so in, I'm, and this is a video series I'm going to be doing with uh, David. We keep joking about it, but we are going to do it. It's basically <laughs> how well, I don't know, we don't have a name for it yet, but how well does a front-facing camera for any phone, any of the big ones, handle both taking a photo of both someone who is as dark as me and as light as him at the same time. Because we've always had this problem where the camera has to decide, who do I focus on? And if you focus on me, David looks like a vampire. And if you focus on (laughs) David, I look like darkness. Uh, you have joked about this, and I think that's yeah. a great. That, that, I think that is a great, uh, a great video series that you should try doing. Um, granted, the Galaxy phones do have auto HDR on the front, so hopefully it would help. Oh no, it do, it does help. They actually did an update which fixed it. Mine was a little weird off for a little bit, so I didn't post any photos. But I took one yesterday, and it was fixed. Um, 
and on Chinese manufacturers love beauty mode. Like for me, I look ashy. I look like I, like I look completely ashy all around. So this is like, even when I turn it off. <laughs> so those are the things that I want to see Huawei fix. You know, the rear camera, they've done a really good job with your rear cameras. Um, the periscope zoom looks pretty cool. For me, is that front-facing camera? It's not that I take selfies a lot, but there are so many people who do, right? And if you're my... So the thing is, if you if you were given a phone that had a great front-facing camera and you could do some really great stuff with it, wouldn't you do it more? Like, cause No, I, w- before- I would. Yeah. The 4K recording on the front of any of the phones, even the Nokia has it, even even the, the Nokia 9 Peer Review does 4K video recording using the front camera. That alone makes me want to vlog with it more. So like, you know, if you have the tools, then you're going to do it more. Um, I want to talk about that zoom for a little bit. So <laughs> 10x optical zoom uh, using like a what, what basically amounts to a very tiny telescope on the back of your phone. Uh, did you see the Oppo um, announcements or rather they were sort of expounding upon it yeah there's like a basically a periscope yeah like and, and we're not talking about the 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 dead live streaming platform um we're talking about an actual like periscope like where light refraction actually happens so that you can get farther into a shot i don't even know if what i said is correct it's probably not i don't get i don't i don't fully understand this but the reason why i'm still kind of incredulous about it is because my main question to everybody and i want to see this in the live chat make sure make sure you uh, answer this question there so we can respond to it do you use telephoto at all to begin with? You know, like, I don't know about you, E, like, are you a Zoom user whatsoever? No, but um, here's the thing. It all depends on where, like, I, I like to use Zoom. I, sometimes I go up to my rooftop and I want, like, I've got, a, I've got a view of Manhattan. I can see all the way from one Wall Trade Center to about uh, 90, 98, maybe 90, 90, 90 to 100 street mm. so that's a massive view of the sea and it's a great landscape but sometimes whenever you take a photo with a regular any phone doesn't matter it's just flat you can't see the buildings are all like almost unintentional everything in front looks fine but you know the city landscape looks flat but that's what my eye can see i can see the detail of the city so i have to zoom in to get at least a crop of that shot and then it just gets murky now if I could do that, the only phone who could probably do that well enough but can't process it now is a Lumia 1020 because it just basically condensed the pixels together and you can zoom in into the shot and still look good. So I would like to take a shot of that and it still looks good. But I do agree, it's not something you use a lot. But if it's good enough, then macro shots become much better. That's the thing though, like macro shots though, I, a lot of telephoto zooms that I find even in phones like this, they have a minimum focusing distance. So they just aren't, able to do macro photography which is really disappointing because you would you would you would assume i don't like assuming you should use the ultra wide though exactly so you use the wide then you get really really close close, close. but if you can do use a periscope on the regular camera then you should be able to go in at normal distance and zoom in mm, fair enough i i just think i i had a video that i never ended up uh, releasing where i just sat down and i spoke about the oppo 10x zoom and I just, I literally was just saying, like, who would actually use a 10x zoom? And it was funny because when we were in, uh, when we were in that that hands-on area, people were taking pictures of people from way across the room, which made me think, like, 10x zoom is like the stalker phone, like it's the, <laughs> it's the, uh, it's the creeper lens, um, the safari lens of smartphones, which is fine. Uh, but I don't know. It's just I do, I don't personally have any. I personally don't have any actual 
uh, use case scenarios for it personally. I, I just don't. Yeah, my uh, my test seemed to have just gone on the wayside. The bat, my battery died on my camera, and oh, so, no. so so. But it's it's at like ninety five percent. It's like at the point where I'm like, ah, you know, hmm. it's okay. Uh, I'll live. Um, the uh, one thing that I wanted to say real quick, there's where is it? One person here was saying how the Zoom is good for like stadium events, maybe concert events, which is good. Yes, I agree with that. You'll 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 be able to zoom right into whoever you're watching cardi b or <laughs> whatever and that's fine um but how often do you actually go to a concert how often do you actually you know it's not going to be one of those situations that make you buy a phone that have a 10x it's just you're going to be happy you have it let's let's see when it gets here you might i be you might look at it and say look oh well, this is nice like i've got the ability to stand here and capture that yeah and 10 is going to be way better than two because two uh, one of our homies uh, from Uber Gizmo, uh, Hubert Nguyen, he, he, he had a great little demonstration during one of the events that he and I were attending. He was like, 2X optical zoom is, is a lie. Like, it's a lie for most applications. Because if I'm here and I hit 2X and I take a picture, it's the same thing as me taking one step forward. Which <laughs> is ridiculous. Um, oh, that one's good. Here, let me, let, me, let me lock it on you. That way everyone can see that. That one's good. That one's that one's actually really good. Um, I uh, <laughs> we're going on tangents. I have a deep voice, and we're going on tangents. Uh, a couple of our uh, people in the live chat were asking that they I accidentally had the camera locked on you, so they didn't get to see my wallpaper. So let me just do that real quick. Uh, boom! That is literally Mega Man X hanging from the punch hole, uh, shooting to the. I, I thought about uh, flipping it horizontally, but not. Nah. I figured, you know what, it's kind of cool that he's shooting off screen. Um, okay. So that will pretty much cover it for the P30. There was one more thing that I wanted to cover with uh, the P, the, with kind of Huawei in particular, um, not just not just the P30. Would you have been, ha like, like, just, I want to get your reactions because you were not at MWC, not personally at least, but uh, you saw all of the stuff going on. You even did a great video that hit trending on YouTube. So congratulations to you, sir. Um, regarding the Galaxy Fold up against the Mate X. And now we have some sort of report here that uh, CEO Richard Yu said that they had several different ideas for the foldable. And one of them was actually very akin to the Galaxy Fold. How happy are you <laughs> that they did not go that route and went Mate X anyway? Uh, I'm happy they went made X on that um, route. I, I think like, so I haven't felt it. So I know Jaime has uh, spent the most amount of time with the, the made X in terms of people that I know, because uh, Daniel went to MWC for us and then he said he got to touch it for like 20 seconds. Um, <laughs> so my thing is, my thing is the fold crease and also handleability of that. So with the, with the, the Galaxy Fold. The Galaxy Fold has only one, two floors. Two floors that I know they can't change now because they're launching pretty soon in April. That yeah. front display is just too small. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It only it only it only fits three lines worth of stuff on the home screen. It's so and crazy. then and then the camera inside. Why didn't you just do a punch hole inside instead? Okay. When you open it up, so it's got that weird like cutout like this. Yeah, that is a, that that is a Google official cutout methodology though. 
Like if you go into developer settings, you could actually get that. Why didn't you just go with the punch hole instead? That mm -hmm. would have been so much better. Even if it's just a single punch hole camera, uh, even single hole camera would actually be really cool. Be nice. It's actually nice in that on that landscape. I like that because the way it folds and it's sizing, even though it's thick, it's it's definitely thick, thicker than the Mate X. It fits into like a breast pocket. You can put into your jeans pocket. And if you destroy the front display, it doesn't matter. You can always open it up and still use it, right? Yeah. That's the thing. The, so it's not going to have a case. It's going to have one of those, you know, clip cases for it. That's what you're going to be used with the Fold. The Mate X, on the other hand, is, is beautiful. It looks super sci-fi. It looks like, oh, I'm going to break this thing. That's, that's the first thing that comes to mind because, um, yes, it's got a really sturdy lock. And, like, from all indications, it's, it's solid. Uh, but flipping it that way, I feel like I just feel like it's going to lose more of its integrity over time as opposed to the fold. And the fold, once we get to like a fold two or fold three, it's going to be thinner. We're going to have a bigger display in the front where you will spend a lot of time on the front display anyway. Mm. Really, because that's that's what I envision with most tablets is that I will spend. No, sorry, I say tablets, most foldables. I will spend most of my time using this front display. Yeah, I agree. And then eventually I will go ahead and use the eye of Sauron and open it up and, and go to something else. <laughs> We're having way too much fun with these whole punch wallpapers, man. I love it. Um I'm I'm uh I, I agree. Like that's that's a use case scenario that again in a video that I ended up never putting out where I just talked about the Galaxy Fold and what use case scenarios there are. I mean, obviously my favorite one would be open up a game, open up the phone, have some fun playing that game. Even put it down on a table and then use a, a game controller. That's probably the most ideal. But yeah, you're right. The even even Richard Yu himself, CEO of Huawei, said, "I feel like having two screens, a front screen and a back screen, simply just makes the phone too heavy. So you have too many screens on a device. It's just going to make it so that phone is heavier because there's more bits going on. But there's also it's it's heavier in terms of usage. You actually have to cater your own habits to what is there. So at least in this case, you are able. In the case of the Mate X, you are able to use the phone as just a simple." <laughs> which one is this oh nice terminator um you are able to use the phone as just like a traditional smartphone and then um you don't have any compromises whatsoever the way the galaxy folds outside screen has and then you open it up and all of a sudden you have a tablet and you could just like watch watch amazing content i i agree and disagree because you look the thing about it is that you you you're gonna it's gonna break faster i guarantee you yeah i think so too that's the problem. It's not the matter of fact that you can use it as a smartphone. It's the fact that if you don't lock it into that lock mechanism and hit the button, you're going to have it half, halfway out, halfway in, and somebody's going to break it. The Galaxy Fold, to me, just kind of feels like it feels like a book right now. Mm -hmm. And and I and I get it. We don't have the right materials yet fully for us to just be flipping around screens left and right and not bother or care. Like it just doesn't exist at this point. There's no yeah. Gorilla Glass 10 variants that will bend and fold in ways that we should. So I think right now it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Some people will say, look, you know, there's all that argument, you know, the video I put up, a lot of people's like foldables are useless. It's not. I disagree. I think foldables are the final future of where our smartphones will be, this current design language of smartphones. This is the extension of it because at the end of the day, um, buying an iPad or buying a tablet is just, it's just, it's just an, an extension of your current operating system. Mm -hmm. Now, think about it this way. If you had a Galaxy Note 
sized device that opens up with either fold. So it went from six inches to 10 inches. Now I have a 10 inch display and then I can put it down and, and use it to edit video or do whatever I want. I have my full mobile workstation, which literally goes from, from this size to this size, right? Mm-hmm. Boom, done. I go home. Like that's, that's literally, it, you know, 10 inches is the right size eventually for a tablet, right? Apple has proven that with even the 9.7 inch iPad all the way, you know, you know, in, in that time, they've sold a lot of those, but we know very well that we're coming to a point where we don't want to carry too much stuff. We want thinner laptops. We want um, devices to do, we you know, more for us. So I think this is where it falls into. I, I would, I would even argue that uh, what users are going to want after this whole foldable craze sort of levels out a little bit is a return to practicality because I don't really know anybody who actually finds more use case scenarios from a screen that is simply bigger, unless there's something like multitasking or dual screen or dual window stuff that's happening. Um, But if you're just looking at it as, oh, it's a bigger screen, there's actually not a whole lot that's going to add to your life <laughs> just because the screen is twice as big or three times as big or anything like that. I think while you make a point that the iPad Pro does a good job of proving that tablets are still a viable piece of tech, I don't think that tablets as a whole make it make it make it clear uh, why you would use something that big. Um, so that's the reason why I think foldables are super niche. They're very they're awesome. Don't get me wrong, they're awesome. But as far as practicality is concerned, I still am not convinced. See, I, I disagree. Trust me. I think when you have a foldable and in not, not this year's version, maybe next year or 2013, I'm sorry, not 2013, 20, 2013. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> 2021, you will realize how good it is. And I think Microsoft is the one that will prove foldables the right way. The problem mm. with foldables is not, it's not the screen size. The screen size to me makes the most amount of sense. The practical nature of having a larger screen size means you can expand from working from normal to more work or entertainment on a larger scale. Oh, no, I agree. I completely agree. But what I'm saying is that like, it's, it's just an extension of an experience you've already had on the original screen. But that's still very key. Mm. I, f- I mean, we fly a lot. We watch movies of this. I had the tablet in my bag, but I don't want to get it out of my backpack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. It's, it's a very simple thing, but it, this is what, like, if you think about how Apple built its, um, its recognition, right? You know, the iPhone was popular, not because it was a phone, because it was an MP3 player as well. Yeah. And, and you could browse, and it was a mini computer. And you had all those three things, but why grab them? That's the same thing. And if you look at it from that perspective, is that the foldable now allows me to do, you know, like think of decks and thinking how like how you can actually have a if you fold it out, you can actually switch it to a decks like experience on the foldable side. So that's what I'm saying. Like I, I just don't want a bigger screen for the sake of a bigger screen. I actually want that screen to be used to full extent. And if decks were to be the case, like that would be amazing. But that depends on the manufacturer and developer. Yeah, yes, that's, that's the thing. But also again, gaming, even mobile gaming. I mean, think about the, the, the idea that with the fold, I can actually have controls here. Even with Fortnite, I don't have to have my hands on the same screen I'm shooting at. 
Now it's on the top screen and I can just keep playing. That to me is, will make me play more mobile games than anything else. I, yeah, I think I, I think I, I can I can I can get behind that. That's one of my main use cases is, is, is gaming. Yeah, so I think those are the things that come to play. And then when you look at it from the business side of things, right? You know, you're able to look at PowerPoints much better, spreadsheets. Um, you, you you know, even if you're using it in in a workspace where um, you now have the ability to access more information and actually handle that information because you can do so much more with it now. Because because the the thing about real estate is that once you have real estate, it says I can do more. The reason why we're used to this is because this is the real estate we're told we could use. Yeah, that's that's literally true. that. So once you expand it, you can do more, which is why, you know, um, you know, LumiaFusion on the iPad Pro, right? Not that you can't use LumiaFusion on an iPhone. Just the experience of using it on an iPad is much better just because you've got a larger real estate to edit. As much as we all love to edit videos, we know very well you will have a better time with a desktop and a larger display to edit your video. Yep. That's true. You can, you can do the same thing on a laptop. That's 11 inches, but but the desktop with that larger. So it's the same thing where you now have a bigger um, scape. So think about it this way. With a Galaxy Fold in or uh, a foldable device in, in three years, you can literally uh, you can literally vlog all your stuff, open it up, and edit clean because you've got more space to do all that work. Mm-hmm. No, I and and like I said, I completely agree with that. It's just that the the, the actual fundamental infrastructure in apps and software doesn't do that yet. So you, you kind of hit it on the nail already earlier is that this first generation of foldables uh, may not be for me until we actually, we actually cater our usage to it and it evolves to a place where we have all of these uh, capabilities. I have no doubt that we'll get there. It's just right now, I'm not convinced with the current foldables as cool as they are. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think we did it. Like the the two of us went ahead and got close to an hour on a podcast, uh, just the two of us. So thank you so much for that. Um, all right, cool. Well, on that note, uh, that is it for the weekly. I wonder if some people in the chat is still say are still saying that my voice sounds weird. It does. I apologize. I have no idea. Um, that 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 has been a problem that I've tackled before, but I never I never know what the actual so, like quick solution is other than to just reconnect everything. And obviously, I'm not gonna do that in the middle of the show. In any case, I hope you've enjoyed the sultry voice of JV here. And that is it for the weekly. Our theme music is Bloom by Minerva, courtesy of a royalty-free license with Argo Fox. You can learn more in this episode's description. You can follow our crew on Twitter. As far as who is represented in the show today right now, you can follow... Um, actually, you know what? E, why don't you go and tell everybody where they can follow you? Oh, you forgot my channel. I'm just joking now. <laughs> um, you can find me at Board at Work. It is Board at Work, B-O-O-R-E-D-A-T-W-O-R-K on Twitter Instagram, Facebook, and of course, YouTube. And we do have a website, borderwork.com, where we have written reviews of different things, maybe smaller items that we don't show on our YouTube channel. So it's also borderwork.com. There you go. See, way better. Yeah, you put way more information in there than I would have because I would have just had the Twitter handle. <laughs> uh, but in that, you know, I, I will hang my head in shame and only say that you can find me at JVTechD on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and uh, you know me, I'm JV, I love tech and I love to drink me some tea. A few people in the chat were saying that my voice is like this because of tea, you know, tea is a hell of a drug. Um, I wish that were the case, but no. <laughs> uh, now is at now on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube in English and Espanol, where you can find more news on the Pocketnow Daily and Pocketnow Adario every weekday. Catch up on what the weekly is talking about at pocketnow.com slash 
podcast. And make sure you make your voices heard by emailing us, podcast at pocketnow.com. As usual, you can get into the live chat like we have been responding to some of your comments. And you can get into the comment sections down below if you are listening or rather watching the YouTube version. We would love your feedback through uh, reviews and ratings on Google, Apple, Spotify, Overcast, or wherever you happen to be streaming us because without you, we wouldn't have been able to make this show for your eyes and ears for now seven years straight. All right, my, my first time doing the live all by myself. So um, I hope everybody enjoyed. We'll see you next week. And thank you so much once again to Thunder E of Board at Work. All right, see you guys next week. <laughs>